if you are the leader, manager, boss, whatever, anything that pans out is ultimately on you. So we're gonna talk to you about the five key elements we think are crucial to being a great leader. It's not the strongest or smartest that will survive. It's the ones most adaptable to change. Everyone listening to this can reflect on an experience where like something has panned out not in the most ideal way. And if you can look to that experience and without blame, think how can I use this as an opportunity and reflect on that experience to do better? The huge trait of a leader comes down to how you... Welcome to another episode of Talk Toby to me. I'm Jess. And I'm Meg. And we're two sisters that love to talk all things business, mindset, self-development, and everything in between. This is normally part of our weekly phone catch-ups, but hot girls don't gatekeep, so we've decided to bring our combos to you. Hey, Sissy Bay. Hey, Boo. How's your week been? Oh, my week's been so good. Um, so we've recorded last on Thursday of last week, so... To update you guys, I was obviously with Meg that day. I'd flown up to the Gold Coast to work that day and we also recorded. Um, And then my partner was meant to come up the following day for the weekend, for his birthday weekend. But he ended up coming up Thursday night or Thursday evening. So you, Meg, had an event on and Nick was doing something else as well. So Dylan and I had like a nice chill night uh, together. And then Friday, we had a really lovely morning where we all went to brekkie together and then we all trained, like Meg and I trained and Dylan and Nick trained. And I just like, it literally filled my heart with so much joy because I just felt so fulfilled because that's like, as you guys, if you guys have been listening since day one of the pod, you guys know that that is like a dream of mine to have like a partner that like is that connects well with Nick and like it's us four doing And they really like did and it wasn't just because of us. Did that make sense? Yeah. Like actually that Thursday night when Nick got home and you weren't there and you were at your event. Oh, yeah. I was like, should I just leave? Like Nick was coming out with all these new clothes he bought. Like he literally only met Dylan once before at Christmas and he came out and he's like, hey, bro, like, look at all this stuff. Like, and, they, and then Dylan jumped on and bought the exact same pants that Nick was showing him. And I was just like, okay, I'll just leave, guys. Um, but no, it just filled my heart with so much warmth because that's just what I've always wanted um, for my, how I vision, how I envision my dream life. And it was just really nice to see that come to fruition. Um, and then Friday day after that, Dylan and I spent the afternoon at the beach and then all four of us went to the most amazing dinner. I might let me talk about that because that's your like forte, I feel. You're the foodie. Guys, if you're ever on the Gold Coast, coast, it's spelt like cost, like K-O-S-T in Broad Beach. Oh my God. Like couldn't fault it. Literally could 10 out of 10 in every aspect. The staff were incredibly friendly and fun Mm. and the, like, even the chef came out and was, like, having a conversation with us. Um, The cocktails, we only all just got one cocktail each, but it was so good. It was, like, a mango coconut margarita, which I normally, that would be too sweet for me, but it was so good. Mm. The food was 10-10. What else? Like, the the acidic. Yeah. Oh my God. It was very hot. We were quite hot and the boys were like sweating, but like that was obviously unrelated to the restaurant, but we just, yeah, it was a 10 out of 10 experience all, all around. Yeah. Um, So highly recommend. Normally I feel like it's the owners that are the friendly ones, but it was all the staff. They were just getting super engaging. It was giving that they like all... I don't know, it was somehow related or something because they like, you could tell they just genuinely wanted to be there. Mm, but I think we asked and they weren't. They were just nah, yeah. stoked to be there. Yeah, so love that. Um, and then Saturday. I Which took- actually ties in really nicely to this episode. Mm, for sure, actually. Uh, Saturday, what did we do Saturday morning? We went to C3. Oh, yes. Backed up. <laughs> So Saturday morning, Nick took us to his work, one of the gyms he works at, where they do this like high intensity, how do you describe it? 
group class? Yeah, high intensity group class. So all four of us went and got absolutely flogged, but it was a great start to the morning. And then uh, I went and met my one of my best friends and her little baby son for breakfast and she met Dylan. So that was really nice. And then I took Dylan, the main part of his birthday weekend was we spent the afternoon or the day at La Luna Beach Club. Um, he's not really drinking because he's on a bit of a, he's on a mixed challenge leading up to Bali. And so he didn't drink. I think he had like a Coke and we had some great food and I had a couple of drinks, but we just set up on the day bed by the pool, spent a few hours there. It was actually meant to be terrible weather and the Gold Coast turned one on for us. The weather was elite. It was so sunny. It was so hot. We spent a few hours there and then we went home and then we ended up going to Fishbowl, our fave, for to grab dinner. So we grabbed takeaway and sat on Burley Hill for dinner and then headed home. And it, yeah, it was just such a nice day. Weather was beautiful. Uh, we just chilled by the pool. And then Sunday, we all got up and had brekkie, all four of us together, and then we flew home. So it was a really, really nice weekend. And it was just so lovely because Dylan just expressed his gratitude like so many times over the weekend, even to you guys. He was like saying to you guys at dinner, like he was so grateful for the time we got to spend together. And it was just really good vibes, great energy. Um, we had great, like expansive conversations, all four of us together. Um, and then Monday I ripped into work. So I held, I had a very back to back day Monday, actually. The morning was my first, um, online masterclass for the year. So I ran that masterclass on zoom at 10 o'clock on Monday, all about how I transitioned from my side hustle to my full-time beauty biz, which is now my multi six figure beauty biz. So obviously that's been a journey and I wanted to share that with everyone to kind of inspire them and motivate them to make that transition themselves and also work through any blocks that people might have or would have um, having a side hustle or a hobby or a small baby business that they want to, you know, take the leap and take that full time. So that went really well. We had, I had great feedback on it. Um, and then I had like mentorship calls and that afternoon we had a trial with our now new hire. So we have got contracts signed and everything for our new staff member. I'm not going to share too much on it yet until she's like given her notice period at her current work and everything like that. Obviously we want her like she wants to do the right thing and we are obviously totally on board with that. Um, and so she will be offering, like I've said earlier, the brow and lash services that we don't offer here. So brow sculpting, uh, like waxing, tinting, henna, lash lifts, laminations, things like that. Um, so she's going to be full time in the salon uh, Tuesday to Saturday offering those services to our clients. So yeah, really looking forward to having a new team member that's going to be here full time. So Wednesday was Dylan's actual birthday. We just had like a kind of slow morning together. Did we go for a run that day? No, we didn't. But we do our walk and our swim. We had brekkie at home. Well, I don't know. It was like his diet food. I was like, hey, babe, happy birthday. <laughs> um, but yeah, I gave him his prezzies and he just loved them so much. And then he went to work and I sent him off. So he's a coal miner and it's this thing when it's their birthday so they have to take their own cake and they have to cut it and like hand it out it's like this thing i don't know so, so cute. yeah it's really cute like if they're doing it their like own primary school yeah like they have to provide their own cake you know how normally like you they'd organize a cake for you yeah so um they remember in primary school you take your cake for all your friends. oh yeah <laughs> but they have to like cut it up and hand it out themselves too it's like funny because it's like these big minor dudes on his plate. So I got in like this marble um, cheesecake from the cheesecake shop that he like is obsessed with. So he was like saying in the group chat to the boys like that I'd got this cake and they're all excited <laughs> and it was just funny. So, I mean, he reckoned he only had a spoon of it because he's on this challenge and he's like so disciplined that it's like hectic. I'd be like, give me half the cake. It's my birthday. Um, so, yeah. I just don't count on your birthday fully um so yeah it was just really awesome. nice it, yeah it was really i've had a really great week i've been guns blazing with work um 
we've gotten through like Emily and I are working on quite a few things for the year so we're just like plodding along with that full steam ahead just full send in 2024 so it's really cool how's your week mine was good we obviously went to well you were here so that's always a good time and we did all the things you just said um and then Nick and I on Saturday night had Shioni's 30th birthday which was in Brisbane it was so much fun because we like just that group of our friends are just the best but it was like Bali like it was like 400 degrees and 7,000 percent humidity so like all the boys were literally like sweating through their shirts like they were see-through it was fucked it's giving Dylan anything he does literally like yeah it was not it why are guys Um, so much sweatier than us but even like every like all the girls like everyone was like it was fucked yeah right um but yeah it was still fun and then we were actually going to stay in brisbane that night but nick had the most like the worst hay fever and so we ended up driving home um pretty late because we got back to the airbnb that we like all had booked as a group and yeah, it was actually funny because you guys were like home and we walked in and obviously the, they thought we were going to stay in Brisbane for the night. And Dylan goes, fuck. We were <laughs> definitely we and he like fully thought someone was robbing the place and he <laughs> like jumped across the bed and I was like. Ah. And then we didn't want to say anything because we didn't want to wake you up more. So it just would have been so odd. But uh, we just like homebodies. Like we were just so grateful to wake up in the morning on Sunday and our morning routine go for a walk brekkie all the things and i was so excited to wake up with you home yeah because we were expecting you guys to have left there for by the time we got back it's just been biz as usual this week but on steroids because we go to japan next week and then i'm also doing a like public speaking course at the end of next week so it's going to take up three full days so i'm kind of getting everything ready and pushing a lot of my work early and then I had my first proper kind of onboarding meeting with my new marketing manager and I'm just really excited because she's just so passionate about the business oh, and that is what you need yeah like she is giving is really keen yeah yeah and so I can just already see it's going to be so great. And it's just a very nice reminder for everyone that like life happens for you if you allow it to, mm. because there was a bit of a schmozzle with like a series of things. Um, but yeah, it's always work. It always works out. Um, the thing I was going to say to that, and also, which is my gratitude for the week, my old marketing manager created like an off kind of offboarding plan to pass on and it was just so detailed she covered absolutely everything and I was just really appreciative and it, it made me feel really good about the whole transition because I think I don't know like when you when a staff member leaves it can be I know a lot of people that are like it's not a good ending and it just like it couldn't have been a better ending and transition to the new marketing manager so I think that's a huge reflection on not only you as a leader nice segue into the app uh, (laughs) but also like part of being a leader is being able to not only obviously choose the right staff but um encourage that environment with your team and so for someone to respect you enough to put it to respect you that much to put in that much work with the handover I think is a really big reflection on your relationship and how you lead um and all of the things so I just love that for you yeah 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 really grateful for her for doing that and thanks Amber you're the real MVP yeah um that's one other thing that i want to mention but i can't remember it so it can't be very you gotta write it down though. i know but my phone's on the thing speaking of writing things down dylan has this new thing where like he thinks he's a busy bloke right so he's got like six things to do in the day which will be things like 
get a haircut, beat the bod, just like random things like that. And he texts me the list so that he's got a record of it. <laughs> like in order of event, like 7 a.m. doing this, 8 a.m. doing this. And I'm like, put it in your notes. Why don't you tell me what? Yeah, well, that's in it. Oh my God, that is literally Nick and you. No, you don't do this anymore. Nick. I know what you're going to say. Never mind me to do this. Yeah, I'm like, set a reminder. Like, I'm going to have to set a reminder for you. So why don't you just set it? And then we'll go, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, I mean, maybe he wants me to be on board with the... Maybe he wants me to be on board with, like, being transparent with the day's events, which I love that because it's giving yeah. me a little cow. Yeah, literally. Oh, but that was a whole thing. We actually tried to do that and I couldn't work it out. I don't know. There was some technical glitch. I'm not Jess Tech Toby today. So yeah, today or... mm, true. <laughs> there, this morning, guys, I mean, I feel like we say that every week, so I'm just not going to go there. Um, <laughs> my gratitude. I am very grateful that Dylan had such a great birthday. Like he was just brimming with gratitude, um, like over the weekend and the Wednesday and whatnot. Oh, another thing. I went for a run, We've, we're going for two runs a week and I am not a runner, but I went this morning and this morning was the first time like I did this loop without stopping. Do you know what? You need to start saying you are a runner. You know what? As I you run better, yeah, you say you're a runner. As you interrupted me just then, I knew, I was like, that's actually a limiting belief. Yeah. It's just an identity. Yeah. I'm identifying with not being a runner, but I'm a runner now, guys. So correction. Um, so this morning was the first morning where I went without stopping. Like when I say stopping, I would stop for like two seconds. My feet would just like slow down and I'd be like, I want to stop. And then Dylan would be like, babe, just keep the feet going. Just keep the feet going. And I'll be like, don't care, tell me. Um, but this morning I was like, babe, we're going up the hill and I'm not going to stop. That's my goal. And I went up the hill, didn't stop. It was a struggle. And then I also had a few little bursts of like sprint, not sprinting, but like where I pumped, like I went a little bit faster than I normally do. Um, so I feel like I progressed today and I'm stoked with my efforts. Yeah. I love those little like goals you set yourself. Like I do, they're kind of like in competition with yourself. And, and, and yeah, I was feeling though, I was feeling though, because I didn't map my run, which I normally do. I left my phone at the harbour, like at the kiosk where we put our towel and swimmers. I left my phone there because I didn't need it. And then I was like, oh, that's why I normally need it because I'm mapping the run. So I actually don't know stats on my progress, but I know in myself that I went faster and harder. But it didn't count because you didn't. I know. Fuck. Um, oh my fucking God. Well, I went to... Hey, talk to me. I went to one of Nick's classes on Thursday afternoon and he just forgot to tell me it was a strength uh, strength and fitness testing session. That's a full-blown stitch up. Yeah, literally. I think he genuinely forgot, but still. It's kind of giving betrayal. <laughs> like I'm never coming back. <laughs> no, so I aced the strength testing because that's like my jam. But, oh my fucking God, guys. We did this thing. So you have to do... 600 meters on the ski erg but the timer is on so you have to start with a man maker which is literally like the world's longest oh, exercise they are the i think i've done them once in my entire life i can't even remember what they are but i remember them being traumatic literally so you have to do one which takes like i don't know how long fights 10 seconds where you have i had eight kilo dumbbells you jump down do a push up a row on each arm jump up squat and then press and then you have to go into the ski erg and try and get as many meters down as you can. But every minute you have to do another man maker. And I ended up finishing it in two minutes 48. So I only had to do two or three man makers. I can't but remember. Actual weapon. But sorry, <laughs> I have never been so gassed in my entire life. Like I literally can't remember ever being that cooked since like I was a kid and did fucking karate or some shit like that is so on brand for you to do child karate I definitely <laughs> wasn't to him out as a kid 
I he really also never ever vomited ever while exercising was in my karate grading one one time. Why didn't I do karate? <laughs> it probably would have gone as well as your <laughs> AFL career. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to say? But no, wait, I'm not even done yet. So, you know, when you train really, really high intensity, your lungs, like I felt like I had just gone for a 20 kilometer run in the snow. Like my lungs, I couldn't take a deep breath. And I'm not kidding. It didn't recover until like a day and a half later. Yeah, because like the to you the next morning and you were like, I'm actually still wheezing. Literally, like I was, I sounded like I had full blown asthma. I was I was meant to go to the next class the next afternoon and I was like, babe, I actually can't. Like I will, like I think there's something wrong with my thoughts. It was fucked up. That's hectic, but I'm proud of you. We're basically both athletes now. Yeah, honestly. Mm-hmm. There's nothing we can't do really. all right let's rip in let's get serious team so today we are going to talk about how to be a better leader so whether or not you're a business owner it is irrelevant because this will serve you in all your relationships whether you are a manager or even um an, an employee like colleague partner all of the things like how you can better lead and um it's kind of all part of how you're showing up so i think you were saying meg like even if you're a fitness coach yeah 100 percent. like if you're leading anything leading a team like even like a because we're athletes now a sporting team <laughs> or like an online coach and you've got a community of people it's... i'm leading heaps of sporting teams <laughs> 2024 it's just the identity shift so we're going to talk to you about the five key elements we think are crucial to being a great leader um, and break those down to you so let's dive in the first one which we think is not only crucial to being the best version of you and evolving as a human period um, but obviously to becoming a great leader is having really deep self-awareness so it's so incredibly important to be constantly and we talk about this all the time reflecting and adjusting or adapting and taking radical responsibility for everything that happens Mm. when you're in that position of leadership ultimately it's the outcome is up to you because i think like even for lack of better words shitty staff members or clients even it comes down to you taking full responsibility that you either haven't trained them properly or communicated something well enough like when you're in that position it's up to you to do that a hundred percent and i think on the back of that is like we can all everyone listening to this can reflect on an experience where like something has panned out not in the most ideal way and like you're saying meg if you can look to that experience and without blame think how can i use this as an opportunity and reflect on that experience to do better Uh, so revisiting like that scenario from other perspectives for example um like just because you're the leader it doesn't mean you're right and whether or not it's also not even about like right or wrong in a lot of scenarios well in all scenarios like that because at the end of the day like you said meg if you are the leader manager boss whatever anything that pans out is ultimately on you and also like even when you were saying earlier about different like this can be in any any relationship it's like and we've spoken about this on past kind of like romantic relationships and stuff like that or even in the boundaries episode a communication episode it's like about the bigger picture and the overarching goal that you're both working towards Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people can get really caught up obviously in their ego and forget that you're both on the same team yeah 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 um i think part of that too is not leading with any kind of entitlement because again when you realize that you're all working towards the same vision the same goal um trying to achieve like and fulfill the same purpose that is not going to serve you 
I remember like I would be quite vulnerable with where I was at and like my communication with my staff on, you know, wanting to get feedback from them. And like, if I was trying something new or implementing something new in the business or doing something differently or whatever, I would be super open about that. Always be asking for feedback and, and, um, I guess like the opposite of what you're saying, like not in that, not trying to be like superior to them. Mm. And I remember, I think it was Dare to Lead, the book is called. I remember reading that and, go- and going, wow, it's really given me permission to fully own that. Cause I used to kind of think, oh, do I need to be more like of a boss? Yeah, yeah. And then I read that book and I was like, wow, no, like this is actually spot on. And this is why I've kind of naturally been able to create such an open and strong relationship with the girls. And it's, yeah, like I guess remembering two things, like the, the overarching vision that you're both kind of working towards or all of you are working towards and also... Yeah, not feeling like you have to put on this kind of bingardo, I know yeah, that yeah. kind of, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll um, definitely add to that on our next point with like mine and Emily's relationship for sure. It's like very open and um, transparent with that communication, which we'll get to. Like you're saying, Meg, I feel like that ties in really well with like really recognising your own strengths and weaknesses. Mm. So, for example, like being really aware where you might not be as capable as somebody else in your team and allowing them full authority to use their strengths to achieve that goal and then understanding that like you don't have to be the best at everything in your like role and that is exactly, sorry, in your business and that is exactly why you build a team. So you can build a team to support you in your weaknesses almost. So obviously, yes, there's a piece around strengthening the weaknesses, but if I'm really good at X, Y, Z and not so good at ABC, I'm gonna hire someone who's great at ABC to create that beautiful dynamic and that's their forte. And then these things are my forte and being really aware of where you are, like the things that you're really good at and the things that you, even if it's something you just don't enjoy doing. So for example, in my team, I absolutely despise creating content and like doing the social media. Whereas Emily absolutely loves that. She loves it. And so that is something that naturally became part of her role, like after lots of open discussion and me saying to her um and again we'll talk about the communication but in along our whole journey as a like work relationship I have always said to her like what do you enjoy what are you not enjoying in your role what's going well what's not going well and this is something that we talk about not only in our weekly meetings but also in her quarterly mentorship meetings and just like day to day as like we're obviously now good friends as well so like I said to her months ago, please let me know if there's anything in your role that you actually don't enjoy doing because I don't want you to have to do it. Like obviously within reason, there's going to be things that you don't love, but like if there's something she fucking despises doing, I can hire someone else for it, for example. So being really clear on your own strengths and weaknesses and also your staff's strengths and weaknesses and kind of encouraging them to become aware of their own because they may not be and kind of having that communication and those conversations around that will really kind of encourage them to be really open and honest about what they find easy or fulfilling or on the flip side difficult challenging it might be challenging where they want to push through it and grow in that realm and that's something that you can support them in or it might be something that they just is not their cup of tea and they don't want to continue doing it. and that's like why make someone do something in their role that they despise like at the end of the day we want to create a life and a business that serves us and that we find truly fulfilling um i'm fully going on a tangent but i think being yeah really aware of where you thrive and what parts of your role and what strengths you have versus being really aware of like the flip side of that 
um, can also allow you, but also from the perspective of like how you lead. So like there's certain things I know I do as a leader that I could work on and I should work on. So there's a part around like the parts of your role, but then being aware of your strengths and weaknesses as a leader, like there's things I know I can work on and I very much have the responsibility to do that, to be the best leader I can be. So I'll, I'm like actively working on this particular part of who I am to be able to show up as a better leader for my team. Yeah, love that. And also what you said before on um, being super open with kind of your strengths and weaknesses, even just with my new marketing manager, literally in the interviewing process, it was kind of like a, it, it was not a conventional hiring process because I was pretty keen for it to, like we were already in cahoots about her doing my email marketing. So it was just a nice transition, but I even had my kind of list of roles and responsibilities that I needed to fulfill. And I had a really, and this is another example of a time where I was like, should I be more, I guess, like, I don't know what the word is, assertive or something with this or, and in the end I was like, no, I'm just going to do what I feel good about doing. And so I had a conversation with her saying like, out of this list of things, what do you feel are your biggest strengths? Because I can delegate anything else to someone else. And like, I fucking love that. And like, just to interrupt like that, my toxic trait, that is literally the epitome of, you know, how we always do things at the same time. Like when Emily and I had our meeting the other day, we were talking about like her workload and her role and having to delegate some of it. And we had that exact conversation. Yeah, I love it. So yeah, and then she, there were a few things where my old marketing manager was doing and she was like, that's not my strength. Like I'll do it, but I, it's definitely not my strength. And I was like, that's, that's so fine. Cause I don't need you to do it. I can get someone else to do it. Mm. So I think, yeah, yeah. All of these things lead really strongly into the next point, um, which we are like, I feel all over. Mm. And that is having really open communication. Because like we've said in previous episodes, if you don't have, uh, what's the saying? Smooth conversations equals hard relationships. Mm, And it's like what we've said so many times in the past, you're delaying the inevitable by beating around the bush with things or like you're making both of your lives uh, more difficult in the long run. Correct. Yeah, even in romantic relationships like, something I really value in my current relationship with Dylan is that we have like a weekly check-in and it's just very natural. We'll just be having dinner on a Sunday night or whatever out on the patio and we'll just be like, is there anything you want to bring off? Anything you want to chat about? Yeah. And we'll like, it's never anything crazy, but it's like, it doesn't become anything crazy because we have these like really open little check-ins and yeah each of us might say one thing that's like quite minor and the other one might be like okay yeah I get it like Julie noted and then like it never becomes this like bottled up thing that someone's going to blast out these 10 things that are bothering them in a later argument so I feel like that's so true like have the hard conversations that don't need to be hard initially um and that way you definitely avoid um, it developing into a resent, resentful relationship or tumultuous or anything like that. Yeah. And we, um, I know we both do a very similar thing, like when we start with new stuff, but also like regularly, I know when I have any like initial meeting, I'll make it so clear that that is such a huge value of mine. And like, for it to work well, both like both of us need to be super honest and open with communication. And when you're really clear about your communication style and when you can also understand what the other person's communication style is, you can adapt that so that it's best for both of you. So I think particularly as the leader, you 
need to be it's kind of a different point but you, you need to be really adaptable to different personality styles and obviously there's a piece of that where the other person needs to take initiative with things and stuff but there is it, like I feel like I've really learned that because I'm so assertive with my communication some people are gonna not be that way and so you do need to there's gonna be certain people you need to give a little more to like you need a shit sandwich a little more and stuff like that in in all kind of areas not like just stuff like clients and like relationship like to friendships and there's just going to be you know different personalities and different communication styles so it's being able to actually recognize that and adapt the way you communicate to have the best outcome for both of you yeah absolutely um there'll certainly be those people uh, that you can be super direct and they're going to be direct back to you and there's no um, emotional meaning placed on like the language used to get the task done but then there's other staff or friendships or whatever the case may be that you'll have to give them like several compliments before you can deliver like some feedback mm -hmm. and things like that so really being quite aware of that is so important because everyone is very different but in saying that I think in the hiring process being really clear on your leadership style will automatically um filter out yeah attract those people that are aligned with that because you'll get you get the vibe of whether someone can like work with your leadership style or not and I think being transparent allows that to actually play out mm, yeah it's actually funny because I literally said I was on the meeting with my new marketing manager, I said, we were talking about content creation and she made a comment about one of Lauren's videos. And I said, um, like literally just message her after this meeting and be super like clear on what you want. She'll, she'll respond really well to that. Cause she's so like, uh, what's the word? Like she'll take it on board. Yeah, she's very committed to growth too, which is like obviously a value of ours personally, but also of our businesses. Um, and so doesn't... you've attracted staff that value growth as well. Yeah, and like they don't take it personally because they're securing themselves, and also they like it's a whole other thing. But we've built this level of trust where, and like also and I know you're ex exact same Jess like we are huge on words of affirmation so when we're appreciative of something we're going to let you know so it's like a, we're not just giving direct feedback all the time like as in we're not just giving direct and negative feedback. feedback yeah yeah uh, and I wait so what was I going to say to that I also feel like that's like just when we're talking about strengths and weaknesses too like obviously a marketing manager would generally have a lot of strength in marketing. So when you're getting constructive feedback from a marketing manager about how you're creating your content, you're going to generally know that they're the expert in their field and that's coming from a place of help and wanting you to achieve the best for yourself. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was just good because when I said that she was like, that's really good to know that I can yeah. like communicate like that with her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she only is obviously the same. Um, but I also had this convo with a client recently and she messaged me saying, Hey, oh my God, so sorry. One of my payments is going to bounce. Like my payment this week is going to bounce because my boss hasn't paid me. And we had a like short text conversation. And she basically was just saying she just needs to change the date of when it comes out to make sure that her boss has paid her because her boss always pays her late. And I basically said like she needs to have a conversation with her boss and be super assertive about what her needs are because the, her boss was not sending timesheets. Like it was just a bit, I think, unorganized. And it sounded to me like a simple conversation could fix the whole thing because particularly with small businesses, there's a lot of moving parts. So it's like, sometimes you literally just need to be pulled up on something that you like, have, you know, have forgotten or whatever. And she mentioned that she was also one of her friends. So it was like a weird kind of situation for her. And I was explaining, obviously she only is one of my best friends. 
and we couldn't have a better working relationship. Like it's it's honestly one of my biggest blessings. And you've obviously had to have those convos with Shioni before, but you you keep it separate because you've created that dynamic where your friendship is your friendship and your work relationship is your work relationship because you're so open about your communication. Yeah, and we both know, big picture, that A, we want growth for the business, but but first and foremost, our friendship is like, like we were friends before she worked for me. Mm. Um, but anyway, this client said, I don't want to sound like I'm doing her job for her. I want to manage the salon one day and we've spoken about it a lot. So I don't want her to take it the wrong way, especially through a text. And I said, well, two things then, don't text, just have a conversation with her in person and obviously like plan it a little bit so you're not going in fully you know, I said, but two, if you can hold an emotionally mature conversation to sort this out, then it's quite literally showing management qualities, which is what she is wanting to move into. I love that. And I, yeah. And then she said, thanks. Like I'll chat to her tomorrow. And I said, I'd also be really mindful that you're not assuming her reaction is going to be negative mm-hmm. because I said, if either one of my girls came to me and said, hey Meg, moving forward, can you please ensure my pay is sent on time with a pay slip as I've been missing my debits? I would say, oh my God, absolutely. I'm so sorry. Like, I can't believe blah, 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 whatever for, you know, whatever the situation is. And it's, I was saying like, it's her responsibility as a boss to not make that situation mean anything more than it is. Yeah. Or we love to get feedback so we can optimize a process or create a process. And I know we both do this on a on probably even too much, like where we will regularly say to our staff, like, is there anything or like having other weekly well, we have regular meetings, but also like, you know, quarterly meetings and stuff like that to go, what can we change? What do you guys want to see? What do you want to stop seeing? La la la. The third part of being a great leader is to lead by example and I know I've spoken about this very recently where I said everything evolved and elevated for me in every aspect of my life when I started doing that more um so imagine like visualize a time or reflect back on a time where someone has been like trying to tell you to do something, like talking at you, like you should do this, you should do that, versus you see someone who is showing up as their best self and you're like so inspired and motivated by that to do better. And the person that's talking at you, you're like, fuck off. Um, So it's just a very different result to lead by example rather than trying to tell people to do things. Yeah, 100%. And it's it really also comes back to you being so, I mean, this is kind of a tangent from the conversation, but being so embodied in what it is that you're teaching. Mm. Because people will... You reek of lack of integrity when you're trying to tell someone to do something that you're not embodied in. Yeah, it's like you're always trying to prove a point kind of thing. Yeah, Influence leaves the person feeling like it was their idea to do the thing because they've seen someone do it and they felt really inspired to like take action themselves versus telling someone to do something or talking at someone saying they need to do X, Y, Z to be better um, is you trying to persuade someone and it will feel like, you know, someone bending your arm to do something rather than it feeling like it's a decision they've made on their own. Mm. And this is actually leads in really nicely to the next point, which is empowering your team to think for themselves as opposed to micromanaging them. And this is so prevalent in my fitness business values of asking the right questions to our clients to get them to come up with the, the answers and the solutions to their problems. And it's the same in any kind of leadership position. If you just tell someone what to do, they're not gonna, A, feel like they've been influenced to do it because they didn't come up with the idea themselves. And B, 
they're not going to understand the real purpose of it. Like if you're just telling someone to do something, they're not really going to get why it's so important. I also feel like with that, when you are constantly micromanaging someone, you're not actually giving them space to think for themselves and be creative. Mm. Uh, We didn't even have this in our notes, but it just came up for me then. Like I'm thinking to mine and Emily's relationship when I'm like, for example, we need to build a strategy to do X, Y, Z or to grow X, Y, Z or whatever it is. And I leave that with her because I'm not going, go do this, go do that, go do this, these 10 things. Don't get me wrong, I'm always giving her plenty to do. But it's more from a place of we need to build X, Y, Z out or we need to grow this or we need to build a strategy for this. And then I leave it with her to allow her space to get creative and come up with these ideas. And it really empowers your staff and they feel so proud of the things that they've like come up with Mm. and accomplished. Um, and they're truly adding value to your your business. So um, it's, it's just not a nice feeling being micromanaged at all. It's not empowering in the slightest. It's also not empowering your team to grow within themselves. And you want your team members individually, your staff, to grow and evolve with you and your business um, because they're going to stay passionate they're going to stay fulfilled they're going to feel driven to like continue to grow and evolve whereas if you're just giving someone like a list of tasks to do every week Mm -hmm. um, that they don't have to think for for themselves that is absolutely mind-numbingly mind-numbingly dull as dog shit and not going to fulfill anybody yeah that's literally what i was saying a a few episodes ago about how one someone i know that messaged me about someone they know that's uh, really struggling mentally And the main thing I said is I know that they don't feel fulfilled as far as like they don't see any growth or have any purpose in the work they're doing as like crucial for your overall happiness and well-being. Absolutely. And even like I remember Lauren saying to me about like what what, earlier when she started about how important it is for her to feel like she can grow in the business and so like giving your yeah staff or whoever it is that you're leading um yeah more opportunity i think that's like a to give a tangible example the girls and it's totally optional because they don't have to do this but they have the option to do the quarterly mentorship meetings with myself and i give them this document and I leave it completely up to them to fill out as they wish. Um, it's a bit of a performance review for them to reflect on their own performance, but then there's a huge, like that's very basic at the top. And then there's a big part around like what you've achieved, like what you feel really great about in your role over the past three months, what um, opportunities there may be, things that you struggled with, like what you want to work on, what your role related goals are and then what your other professional goals are so I was speaking to one of my girls the other day we did this meeting and um, she was quite um, capable of filling out the role related goals because obviously that's what she knows but she'd left the professional goals part set um, blank and this is to be fair this was her first mentorship meeting um, and I explained to her like are there other things that you want to work on in yourself professionally that aren't related to tattooing so do you want to get better at sales do you want to get better at public speaking like whatever it might be um social media whatever the case may be it's still a professional goal but it's not necessarily related to her current role and then that's where like i'm giving them the opportunity to really think about what would fulfill them professionally and personally because it's the personal goals as well and then making sure that myself and the business and the staff member are doing all of the things collaboratively to get them to their goals so if they want to save to buy a house and obviously ticking off certain professional and um, role related goals to you know say earn more money um, might be one of them to then help them save to buy this house so it's really um, empowering them to come up in this particular example to come up with what they've done well what they want to work on where they want to grow 
Um, and it's just like another little example of empowering them to think for themselves, for their own, uh, for their own growth and the business's growth as well. I also, it made me think two things. It's so important to have these regularly because people change all the time. Like I literally had a conversation with Shioni recently and she was talking to me about how she wants to get better at sales and that shocked me. Like I didn't, cause there's certain things in the business she doesn't like doing and we're really open and obviously communicate all of that. And that's just something that I didn't think that she would want to do. And I don't even think, like, I think it actually is a new kind of thing that she's wanting to work on. So maybe six months ago, that wasn't something that she wanted to get better at. So it's like so important to have those conversations regularly. It's also like having these check-ins, like we said with relationships, like in the open comms, so that these plans can be made before it's like an issue that you're trying to resolve. So like in this example, if there's something she's struggling with or something she wants to learn to do professionally, let's say sales, see as we're talking about that, like before her lack of sales skills becomes a problem for her or yeah. um, limiting her in the business or limiting the business's growth or her professional and personal goal, like ticking off her goals, it's like addressing those and putting a plan in place to like evolve collaboratively before it becomes like something that you're doing reactively. Mm, yeah, yeah, yes, 100%. And also like not, and then they're not going to feel unfulfilled either, which is again, same mm, not it's scenario like, that you want. It's also similar to con- constantly providing training and education and helping to upskill your team so that they can like continue to upskill before it's an issue that they haven't. Mm, yeah. So it's like teaching them as much as you can so that they don't have to then learn from their mistakes as such. The last point is kind of, we mentioned a little bit earlier, but being really responsive and adaptable. Um, so basically just what you were saying, Jess, like it's it's being always forward thinking and being um, taking initiative, I guess, to not need to react to things because particularly in business, I remember even a year ago, and we've said this on previous episodes, like things would always be emergencies or like things would be trying to, I'm struggling. Giving someone I can think of right now, another business owner. (laughs) Like it's, it's when you can, I think, because even recently, like we've had quite a few things happen and both of us have just been like, it's fine. Like we don't even like a disaster. We're just like, okay, well, what are we literally like? It's just, yeah, it's just part of it. And I think that is a huge trait of a leader is being able to just respond to the situation, not react to it and take the time that you need to take. Like nothing is urgent. That's a, it's literally like huge. Talk dirty to me. Talk Toby to me. Um, and then, yeah, being adaptable to whatever, because it's not the strongest or smartest that will survive. It's the ones most adaptable to change. Resilience is key. Yeah. Absolutely key. And also on the, on the back of like nothing needing to be an emergency, if you are faced as a leader with multiple shit shows all the time and you pivot and adapt in a calm and like regulated manner you're providing evidence to your team that that is like a very acceptable way of handling change or challenges or um you know whatever may arise in your business whereas if you're one of those people where something goes wrong and you're a headless chook carrying on like a pork chop, your team is going to see that as an example and they're going to very likely behave in the same way or become a person that behaves in that same way. So this is like another part of like where leading by example really comes into play. Like you need to show your team that A, nothing is urgent. Like 
nothing is urgent in the sense of like you're forward planning so you're always on top of things if something goes wrong it's not like the end of the world you're we're not brain surgeons we're not heart surgeons like i'm pretty sure no one listening to the pod is any of those either of those things we're not saving lives if you are we'd love to have you on the podcast <laughs> yeah fucking oh here just with that brain surgeon um we're like we're not over here curing cancer like there is nothing that will arise yeah. in your business that's the space not kidding um there's nothing oh, how can i articulate this better nothing needs to be a disaster like we always talk about it's just a hurdle that you view as a challenge and an opportunity to adjust pivot op- optimize delegate evolve whatever and i think showing up as someone that tackles things like that encourages your team to also manage problems like that and it's mm. very you can probably think of two different scenarios and people that you may know or whatever or environments you've worked in before where it's one way and then it's the other way and you can feel really regulated in one environment and really dysregulated and chaotic in the other and um i think it's really really important as a leader to show up like that to encourage a team to also work in that manner as well so even with our contractors that we're like our third parties that we work with meg like if we're feeling like anything's like not as optimal as it can be we will want to you know have a meeting or you know discuss collaboratively what steps both parties need to take to make it a more proactive approach Mm, yeah and we do that like literally very regularly yeah yeah and Um, i'm gonna having i actually think one point we haven't mentioned is like we have mentioned it but just to reiterate having regular touch points with anyone that you work with is so important Mm. yeah actually i remember ages ago having a conversation with someone and they were saying like oh meetings are so pointless and it was more that the in their head the idea of a meeting is like this two hour long slog but even just like a five to 15 minute catch up Mm. like regularly will yeah do a lot I think change the game for mine and Amber's. Yeah, I can remember the top point in time when you implemented that. And I just remember the transition for you, like mentally and just how the business flows. Um, but I think if you are a business owner or a leader of any kind and you don't have a regular locked into the Cal, not planned week to week, but actually locked into the Cal meeting, so we have fortnightly with our email specialist where we're forward planning the next fortnight. I have weekly with Emily to plan, um, well, the agenda is extensive because we each week talk about what's worked well, what hasn't worked well, what's coming up for the month, what she's working on, her priorities, et cetera, la, la, la. Um, and then I have like the quarterly mentorship meetings. Meg and I have a weekly pod um, planning meeting, et cetera. So if you don't have those things locked in as a leader, I strongly encourage you to implement that and you'll see things become a lot more flowy and you'll get a lot more open feedback from your staff as well. And just back on what you were saying earlier about like if the you know the leader is blowing up in these when things go wrong and it, and it shows the whoever they're leading that that's how they react, it's also really important because by not doing that you're giving your staff or whoever it is permission to come to you comfortably Mm. with a a challenge and like with that said if you're an employee or or whatever it is like I would always recommend this is a total tangent but it's adding it in always recommend not just coming with the challenge like coming with potential solutions as well absolutely but it's gonna like I know that we both have such good relationships with our staff because we handle things like calmly so they aren't gonna think oh my god if I go to Meg like like she's gonna blow up kind of thing if that makes sense we're creating a really safe environment and regulated yeah for for that open communication which is so important and I can totally attest the fact that I haven't always been like that. And a big part of my growth over the past like two years has been 
on becoming that person. And I like just that my relationships like could not be better across the board. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Well, we trust you found value in this episode and we'd really like it if you could share it with someone who you think might also find value in it because we want to help as many people as possible and it really helps us grow the podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at TalkToby2MePod and you can find the link in our bio for our anonymous Q&A Big Sissy Advice form because we're going to be doing those once a month from here on out. Thanks for listening. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.